0: So I'm very excited because I actually got a listener question in which I'm going to be honest I didn't know was a thing but apparently it is so I had a message from Miles, and I'm just going to play that for you now and then I can get on and answer it. Morning Lila, it's Miles Samuel here, just wanted to say that you're doing a fantastic job, really really proud of how you started your podcast, um, great st- couple of episodes and yeah um quick question that I would love to get across to you and your listeners in terms of uh, retaining a client base. What would you say is the best way in uh or the best way to do so? I think that's something that will be really good for your listeners and also help me as well. Thank you. Have a great day. Hi, miles, and thank you for your question. um yeah, I really like that question. I think. I have to start by saying that I am not the best at sales and I'm probably not, well, I'm definitely not the busiest PT in my gym, but what I am good at is retention and I have been able to move my client base. Each time I've moved gyms, they've followed me and I guess that is a good sign um, and that is a sign of a good retention rate. So I'll give you what I think it is that, that causes that and what has seemed to work for me. Um, for those of you that, that might be PTs, or even if you're just working in another business where obviously you work with individuals as your clients, then maybe you can use these strategies as well. So I think firstly, you have to just really care. And that just comes from doing something that you enjoy and that you really are passionate about. Because if you really care, then that will show through. And your clients can sense that, I think, my clients know that I really do care about their progress and I'm invested in it and so that means it's worth it for them to to move because finding someone else who sort of associates with them in that way is not easy necessarily it's not something that's common and so yeah I so say that's the that's the starting point um I also do get quite involved in my clients' lives and that's Something that maybe some people would disagree with, but ultimately you are your own business if you're freelance. And so you have to find what works for you. And for me, that is who I am as a person. And I let that shine through into my business. So I do kind of, you know, get on with them in the same way that I would with friends. I'm a bit jokey with them and I I do let my personality shine through and I don't try to keep very, very strict professional lines um which obviously has its its downsides but I think there is a middle point and I don't I can still be professional and make sure that during the session we are fully focused and on the session but I always do spend some time towards the end of the session like five or ten minutes afterwards and the same at the beginning just letting you know letting us have a little bit of normal conversation finding out about that person you build rapport because ultimately they'll come for potentially the skills that they see in you, but they'll stay for you as a person because there are so many personal trainers out there and whatever field you're in, there are so many people I assume doing that profession, but you are what makes you different. That's what I truly believe is that you are your own personal brand. And so connecting with them makes it enjoyable for them to spend time with you. And therefore, if especially if there's somebody who doesn't potentially enjoy exercise then it gives them a reason to come and to get through that time and to actually learn to enjoy it because you can make it better for them by making it a personable experience. Um, Equally, that that time allows you to understand the client and I think in our job, in personal training, that's so important, Um, to understand what motivates them and what makes them tick and then you can tweak the way that you work with them and make sure that it's aligned to that. So those are the main things I would probably say. I would also say, and this is one that is going to be specific to personal training uh, alone, but in our industry, it can become very stagnant quite easily because we regularly see our clients. We probably see our clients two to three times a week. Over six months, over a year, you can end up stagnating and just doing the same things. You have to really stay on top of it with your programming. And so I do try and make sure that I don't get too comfortable because then the, the client senses it and they will start to see diminishing results. And it is an easy trap to fall down. So I try to make sure that I do keep on it with my programming and make sure I remember the ultimate goal um, and keep assessing that. Keep Because you might achieve that first goal, but you do need to then sit down and work out what is the next step and what is your next goal in terms of what is the client's next goal. So, so that's a big one. And another thing is none of us know everything. Um, I know that there's still so much more for me to learn. And despite what I've learned so far in the last three or four years, being a PT, there are still way, way more that I don't know yet. And I think if you show to your clients that you are aware of that and that you're continuously investing in your learning and are trying to learn, whether that be like you're going on courses or literally just a case of teaching yourself from other people, from YouTube, you know, we've got so many resources available to us then you show them that you are aware of that and that you're going to keep growing so that they don't outgrow you. Because otherwise, you know, if if you just teach them what you know and you just leave it at that, then there would be a reason for them to go to someone else who knows the next thing. But if you're always improving on your skill set and they're aware of that, then they recognize that that isn't a problem and that you're going to make sure that you are growing to fit their needs. I hope that answered the question and I'm sorry if that went off on a bit of a tangent. This question didn't come in um, at the time of recording, unfortunately, because I'm sure Felicity would have had some insights on that considering how long she's been in the industry. Um, But yeah, perhaps if I get her on next time, I will find out. And yeah, this question thing's great. So if anyone else would like to leave me a question, you can do that by anchor as a voice message and then it'd be quite nice to start implementing that into the segments. So in today's episode I'm speaking with Felicity Cole a personal trainer with over 20 years experience in industry and as this was my first episode where I'm finally diving into the health and fitness side of things I wanted to do it right and to speak to someone with such a wealth of knowledge and so Felicity touches on loads of different topics as you know I always do say that I think creatives freelancers but I suppose everyone, most people in this day and age put health and fitness on the back burner when things get really busy. We have so much to do that sometimes it can be a last priority but Felicity breaks down really easy steps that we can all integrate to have a healthier happier life. I realised as well that Felicity and I have only ever met in a work environment. Her partner Gus um, and her Set up these retreats, wellness retreats called the Life Project Adventures, which we'll talk about later. But we'd only met ever there when we were both working. And so it was really nice just to sit down one on one and have a normal chat. And what I realized was we both had a really similar experience in terms of what drew us into the health and fitness field and really what made us fall in love with it. And that was just the typical finding a route, trying to find something to sort of fight off the insecurities that you feel as a young girl that's how it started at least but we both said that it meant so much more than just that to us it meant a lot more than just aesthetics and we stayed because of its because of the way it made us feel in terms of our self-belief our self-worth our self-confidence and that's why I think fitness is empowering and I think we both came to that conclusion during our chat and it's why I want to talk about it in this podcast because To me, fitness is about way more than just aesthetics, but it's about the impact that it has on mindset. And obviously, mindset affects everything else that we do in life, and that's why I think of it as a foundation. But enough from me. Let's get straight into the episode. You can hear what she has to say. Hi, guys. I'm here with Felicity Cole. Felicity, do you want to tell us what you do to start with? Just intro yourself.
1: Okay. I am a trainer or a coach and I help people get strong, I help people move better, I help people come back from injury, Um, people who are in sport, help them get better at their sport. Um, What else do I do?
0: A lot, you do a lot. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I guess you kind of take the holistic approach to fitness then and you don't just stick with one side of it, you're quite... You have quite a lot of experience in different sizes. Yeah. So, so over the years, you tend to take someone on because they come to you because they want to lose weight or they want to
1: get fitter. But really, it's much more bigger picture than that. Yeah. So that is just kind of what they see on the outside, but the underlying is always something else. So you have to dig a bit deeper.
0: Yeah. And
1: kind of unravel all the layers, like
0: and yeah,
1: figure out what they what they actually really really want. So
0: I find that when I got into PT. I just wanted to train a certain type of girl who was basically like me just wanted to gain muscle but then obviously when you're new to the industry you kind of will take yeah what you can get yeah so if I'd get somebody that came to me for weight loss or something I would of course take them but then that's now how I've learned how to do that so I guess it might be similar that you kind of get into yeah basically your clients almost lead you yeah
2: down your knowledge
0: your roots you end up whatever
1: their problem is you end up kind of learning more about that and then you send to attract the next person who has yeah, the yeah. same issues because you've been talking and learning yeah. about that issue so it's then not you always realize...
0: a just deliberate decision I no, no no yeah.
1: and I've tended to attract a lot of the same types of people so the high achievers the type a's the people who want to uh train really really hard or train for a specific sport and um, often they've ended up kind of getting stuck whether they've got an injury or whether they can't take it any further they can't get faster or stronger
0: Let us help them help them see the way so how do you because this is something I'm quite interested in for myself as well how do you if a client does have a need say an injury or something how do you educate yourself on that do you kind of take courses or can you just be resourceful and, like, teach yourself? So so I've been in
1: the industry 18 years now, so I've come across quite a lot of injuries, and a lot are very uh, common, and so you see the same things come up. So i through there. I've been on so many different courses to learn more about it, but if somebody has been referred to me from a physio, for example, they will have explained the particular injury, and then we work together with the physio or the osteo, the chiropractor, and work together as a team to help this person and then obviously once I've done that once I've learned that and then like I say you see the same the same time of injuries comes up so it's a combination of having been on courses having spent time with physios and osteos and then
0: teaching myself so a lot of self learning reading books yeah. different courses I feel like the best way to learn something is to do it isn't it yeah so we're sure. lucky with our job it's very
1: practical sure.
2: yeah
0: you and can go you on all the some, courses
1: but like having the experience of
0: having gone through that whole process with someone is you can't beat that yeah. yeah and so a lot of people who are listening probably not necessarily in the fitness industry but will be freelancers or will want to maybe they'll aspire to go freelance so could you tell us about how you got into your career as a whole so even starting before you were in fitness that okay. your kind of logical steps to where you are okay. now. okay so I
1: started in this industry when I was 20 1920 so very early on and I think, like most things, I ended up in this because it was something that I, I was stuck myself, if you like. So I was very shy. I was very kind of skinny and like, unconfident. And I wanted to change myself, but I didn't know how to yeah. through being around different types of people. So at the time, I was living in Cyprus surrounded by military personnel. And it was very much about, like, the community, the camaraderie and training and training hard. Yeah. And so I got into that. And that was my first kind of real um, look into like training of all different types. So they did a lot of training in the gym, a lot of circuit type stuff at the time. So it's like nearly 20 years ago. It was the <laughs> traditional bodybuilding and circuits. And I saw my confidence grow. I saw my strength grow. I saw my body change. And I was like, suddenly I felt like I wasn't this shy like weak person anymore yeah. I and mean, I'd always done sport at school and that was one thing I was really good at and so I think that's I always reflected back on that 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 was the one thing that made me feel good about myself yeah. is the being able to do something I didn't think I could do and that was the one thing that gave me confidence and then again at the time personal trainers didn't really exist it was kind of like people went to gyms but there weren't really trainers so I didn't put two and two together that that could be a career and um I think my family kind of pushed me more down the like you've got to do the traditional job thing yeah but then um luckily uh, my PT at the time out there he made me realize that actually coaching other people or personal training or whatever you want to call it um was, could actually be a career. So when I got back from Cyprus, when I was 22, 23, I did the personal training qualifications and then it just spiraled from there. And I was very lucky at the time, I think I got into the industry very early on. So that'd be 18 years ago. um, There was hardly any female personal trainers. I'd had long sporting background from school and then from college. So it was all quite natural for me yeah. and then obviously I just learned as the years go on I've just added on courses and it's all tended to be in areas where I've kind of my journey has gone myself so yeah. initially it was very much bodybuilding type training and then I was competing in uh, cross-country running oh. and then I was competing in triathlon and throughout this journey is kind of where i've gone myself in terms of courses and i think you'll probably yeah. come into some
0: more of the stuff further down the line. yeah i think that's quite i definitely associate that with that myself in terms of what you said about getting into fitness because it, it did something for you yeah. like in terms yeah. of confidence and stuff and i think a lot of people who become personal trainers have a similar experience yeah so it's, it's probably something that most people would oh. well, <laughs> mm-hmm. most people would um associate with in terms of fitness seems to have that effect on people, doesn't it? Where it just changes your confidence and it's kind of like a positive feedback loop. Like you said, something about um, you were able to do something that you thought you couldn't do and and then it it builds your confidence. And every time you do something that you thought you couldn't do, even I was thinking about it yesterday, like going to a social event or you don't know anyone or something like that and being able to get through that and network and actually come out and not be completely awkward, you feel more confident in yourself and I think that's for me that is one of the main um drivers towards fitness is that with weights and with things like that each time you pick up something heavier yeah. as simple yeah. as it sounds you feel like that sense of yeah, empowerment totally and I see that with clients as well and exactly guess it. you, yeah you and it's only
1: recently that I've realized that I was like why did I get like what does this give me and it's seeing it in my clients um how they've changed and I'm like yeah. oh god that was me like that yeah. is how it made me feel at the beginning I was so like yeah unconfident that it yeah. gave me confidence because I felt strong and I felt good in myself because I was doing something that was like like you say empowering, empowering.
0: Yeah. yeah and that leads us on nicely to my perspective that it's much more than fitness yeah. in terms of being a certain size or being healthy in terms of heart and lungs and yeah. that basic stuff that I think a lot of people still think about when they think of fitness. Yeah. Um, because it's it can change the way that people think about themselves, feel about themselves and and that obviously changes everything, yeah. even if we're thinking in terms of business and what they go on to do in like okay. their career. Yeah. yeah. Um so that's why I kind of refer to fitness and, and health as the building blocks of totally. your career journey or your self development yeah. journey. Yeah. And I kind of think that you have to have that ticked off before you can go on to something else. Um, But for the people that listen to this podcast, who might be freelancers, um, I think, especially in creative industries, that is kind of the last priority quite often. And it's it's always seen as this idea of grinding and being so busy is really uh, glamorous, almost. And so health and fitness is like the last possible thing that people care about in that sense. So do you have any any ideas of how people who are like that and who live that kind of lifestyle can start to change that and make fitness and, and health a part of their lives? Okay, I think it's just having I mean, the realisation first and
1: then it's just taking little steps and mm-hmm. it's like kind of exploring yourself and knowing more about yourself because I think it's different now but health and fitness has... you know, People have that one idea that you either have to be a yogi or you have yeah. to go to the gym but it's more than that, it's like finding some kind of movement that you feel good and the only way to do that is trying yeah. so many different things and it's, it's 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 like the community within that as well it's the friends you meet and it's everything that goes with that
0: yeah you need to have people around you that i suppose yeah. either support
2: you or get yeah, involved bring you with up you. Yeah,
0: yeah yeah um so are there any practical things that i know when i was with you on the uh, life project which we'll probably talk about later um you gave a lot of sort of seminars about where people would ask you about their day-to-day life and things came up like um when I get home from work I'm I have to cook and and then I can't eat until late but I know I shouldn't eat late and I hear all these kind of things from my clients as well um in terms of fitting fitting this stuff around a busy lifestyle and a nine to five lifestyle and then obviously assuming you've got the gym after that so is there any steps that simple small steps that people can take to just start to be a bit healthier yeah
1: I think it's thinking one thing at a time for starters and it's not trying to overwhelm yourself with trying to do everything at once and it's looking at your week as a bigger picture and looking where you can fit stuff in so it's simple things starting with you know it sounds so simple but it's like walking to work like building that in instead of you know using the public transport it's trying to build in little routines of like you make your meals on a Sunday for example do a big cooking prep on a Sunday and then that will tide you over for a few days yeah it's setting aside I find really helpful is setting aside time in your diary for you and almost putting it in like an appointment like you would anything else I think doing something in the morning is always better like having a morning routine is always more helpful than waiting to the evening because you can always push it back push it back push it back and then you don't do it so I think Really helps to get that feeling of winning the day if you get up even just five ten minutes early. Do something for yourself. For, for me, that's a little routine on my mat for ten minutes. Oh, okay. um, for other people, that might be like completely sitting still in meditation. For other people, that might be going for a run. It's just that time for yourself, and I I do think having that in the morning, the first thing, because then you've done it it's out the way and then you can build from there so then you can layer on like if you start by thinking I've got to do an hour every day um you're most likely not to do it so starting with just I think doing something every day is super helpful yeah because then you build that habit so it's just start with five minutes get the five minutes nailed for two weeks then build it up from there and just just layering on layering on and it's not about being perfect or getting it all sorted within a week it's just little habits yeah just
0: keep building on building on I think that's much more achievable as well for when people do think they don't have time that's something everyone can make yeah. time for isn't it five it's, minutes
1: yeah it's so you know you, you make time for the things that are important to you I mean, people yeah. have heard that but it is it's when you start to feel good you'll then want to make time for it so that's why just give yourself that yeah that little bit of time for you and then you'll see how good you feel then you'll want to do more yeah until you felt that you won't do it so you have to feel it yourself before you then think oh right actually this is this is going to make me feel good but
0: yeah. yeah I think it's not always instant gratification with stuff like that as well that sometimes people think if I get up in the morning half an hour early or, or yeah. whatever and I'm just gonna they think that it's going to make them feel great when they sit down and meditate but usually you will be tired you know your yeah. body's not used yeah. to it yeah and so it's not going to feel great, but you have to push through that yeah. first sex, yes. sort of, Yeah. So you say maybe a week of doing you something and then yep. you start and to And then see the what difference. you feel on
1: that and take it from there. Like I say, for me, sitting in silence isn't right for me right now, but what is, is moving, doing a little routine on my mat yeah. and then walking to work and then kind of layered that on. And in the future, it might be that, you know, twenty minutes meditation is gonna work, but right it's finding what's right for you at that right yeah. time and knowing that it's always open to be it can be changed. Like you don't have to stay the yeah. same. Like you're gonna and we can set our own routines, yeah. can't we? So it doesn't yeah. have
0: to be like fixed and no. That's probably where the negative connotations come from it when people think they have to be boxed in. Yeah. But actually you can be fluid with yeah. it and yeah. choose what you want. Exactly. And it is it's really interesting to me how quickly um our bodies can adapt to things and things can yeah, become a routine. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um because you use the example of walking to work yeah. and I have always got the tube to work um which is about 25 minutes so yeah. so I decided to start walking um and then I eventually made the choice to just completely cut off my travel yeah. card and just yeah. start walking everywhere. Yeah. And at first I obviously consider myself to be quite fit yeah. being a personal trainer but um and doing weights and all that kind of thing but just walking i was feeling like so most tired underrated. yeah
1: walking is the most underrated form of not just fat loss but everything yeah. it is so underrated it does make the a big simple, difference but in nobody, terms
0: of fat loss as well yeah, yeah it
1: really does it is
0: really, really simple so since and i kind of picked that up on the life project that's something else really. that it just made me think of something that's something simple that i can yeah. do myself yeah. and so now i'll pass that on to clients um and i t- try and tell them to do the yeah. same thing but my body was was tired and my things like my hip flexors were hurting and Things I would never expect to yeah. from just you walking. just don't do it
2: anymore. Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: And that went on for about a week or two. And I, I would always feel, like if I'd have a 6 a.m. start, I would think there's no way I'm walking yeah, this yeah. time. And, but now, just this morning, I was going with Ben actually. And he felt bad for me. and He's like, yeah. I'm just going to buy you a train ticket and we'll go together. And I was like, no, no, I like my morning yeah. walk. Yeah, it becomes that, like, your time, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, So I think sometimes even the things you think you, you really won't like, you have to give yeah. it a try. Yeah, give it a try. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, I'm not a morning person, but if I can enjoy it. Yeah,
1: exactly. 5, you can walk... yeah, you can think that you're not a morning person. But eventually it might be like, no, oh, actually. Like,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. I think if you do something enough as well, you kind of do grow to like yeah. it a lot of the time um so I know you spend a lot of time on understanding sleep Mm -hmm. and I think this is something that I try and highlight as well with the whole um point about being creative and again creatives sometimes have this glamorous thing or it's made out to be glamorous where we say oh I was up all night thinking about that idea or or I was up all night writing this or making this edit and and it is almost like if you stayed up all night the work must be better yeah. which in actual fact, if we look at the science it, it can't be because yeah. you're sleep deprived so your yeah. brain isn't functioning properly yeah. so yeah. it can't be your best work but is there could you maybe explain first of all why why sleep is so important okay for people who so might not know
1: the sleep is basically your master regulator of everything um, and the point you said about you know the creators, it's not just that industry, it's like everyone have that. Like I notice it in all my clients from all different types of background. It's almost like you have to work harder or sleep less, yeah. or and, and I've been through that myself. In that, when I was competing in the triathlon and working the full time job. It's like it's almost like how much can you actually fit in and like with triathlon because you've got the three disciplines so, yeah. you've got that and then the clients on top and I was sleeping about five hours a night feeling okay initially and I was like yes you know and had that same thing of like I'm nailing this I don't need to yeah. sleep I can train more but eventually it does catch up with you. Um so it can be everything from like your brain function and just not feeling as sharp it can be affect your digestive system. It can cause, lead on to, you know, all sorts of different conditions because you're not sleeping. So this, uh, your appetite regulation.
2: So sleep
1: literally affects everything in some way. Yeah. Um, So super, super important for everything.
0: Yeah. And is that to do with the hormone levels or something to do with the way, because I know that everyone talks about cortisol and how that is elevated, if you're honest, I don't day. know the science
1: as much as 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 that. yeah, however, it's it's not just the time you're asleep, it's the quality of the sleep that you're getting. Oh, okay. So that's why it's a bit, I think there's a some people say, you know you only need six hours, some people seven up to nine. But it's the, the sleep cycles, the REM cycles that you go through. Yeah. So it's are you actually in deep sleep when you're asleep? So that's why it's so important that about the quality of your sleep. Okay. So are you actually getting in that really, really deep sleep? Are you dreaming? Um yeah. there was a point there was a long stage where I was like, I don't even remember having a dream. It was so not and you wake up and you think, Well, I've been in bed for all this time, but you're not actually in that deep sleep. So it's trying mm. to get the kind of Uh, like little rituals and routines to try and ensure you are getting
0: that quality sleep so in so in theory even getting something like eight hours of light sleep would not be as good as maybe six or possibly
1: possibly yes yes. and I think the research is varied on how much you need and I think like everything it's a completely individual thing um however I think most people could work to getting more sleep and certainly the clients I've had who've got more sleep are definitely leaner more productive um, all of the things that we want to be yeah um, but it's the, ironically it's the first thing that we cut off time from yeah so if we haven't got time it's sleep is the first thing to go rather than anything else but then sleep is probably the thing that's going to get us to our goals
0: yeah faster than definitely. anything else I think it's a missing piece that a lot of people yeah. don't consider mm. isn't it and the other thing with sleep is I think even if you do set that time aside that you're going to get into bed at a certain time quite often i I find that what we do in our life can inhibit the way that we can sleep and so for example recently i've really noticed it that if i'm on my laptop or my phone i I can feel the i can feel myself sort of becoming on edge or a bit alert for bed and i don't feel that same like heavy eyelid feel yeah um, so I know there's a lot of research out about, there, out about that Um, in terms of how we shouldn't be yeah, near the, the blue yeah. lights and stuff um, before bed. But maybe do you have some other tips in terms of setting a totally. good yeah. tone for your body? Yeah. So
1: we're all on like a circadian rhythm. So ideally we kind of want to arise with the sun and then go to bed with the sun. Yeah. But where we live is obviously that's not ideal always ideal with the times that the sun rises yeah. and sunsets however the things you can do to help you sleep better are, starting in the morning you want to try and get outside and get some morning light on your skin to kind of wake you up so especially if you are a person that does struggle to get up in the morning that yeah. morning light will will wake you up will stimulate ah. you whereas most people go straight from house maybe onto public transport hardly see daylight straight into the office and then mm. you're already like not setting yourself up for the day so Beginning um, of the day, get that morning light. So and that's early first thing in the morning. Be, yeah, that's yes, why a morning yeah. walk is going to be brilliant because you've got the the daylight, the sun on your skin. Hopefully, the sun on the skin. Yeah. <laughs> and then in the evening, it's for sure it's setting sort of rules for yourself. So if you are using a laptop, iPad, phone, whatever in the evening, you want to try and maybe cut the time back to say nine p.m. and make yeah. a rule there. If you do use it, just stop some of the kind of the blue light you can get blue blocking glasses so so look like normal glasses but you can buy them on amazon and they just uh, block the blu-rays or you can Uh, use uh an app called f lux to change the change the screen yeah so it changes the colors on the screen so that does help i think just having strict rules with yourself so you are not um using it right up to bedtime because it will
0: stimulate you yeah wake you up I think it's a really bad habit, which I I do still do sometimes, and I try I'm trying to catch myself on it a bit more now. But is end up t- replying to a message to a client or something yeah. before bed, and then before you know it, you're in bed scrolling yeah, yeah, on yeah, Instagram, yeah. and that's just you can feel. Yeah. Well, that's that the next thing. If it's
1: possible, always plug your phone in or whatever your other equipment outside of the bedroom, and you can hear yeah. the alarm. You put the alarm. Oh, on that's that was be my my that. everyone's thing. I yeah. won't hear the alarm or get a different alarm clock so yeah, i use a lumi alarm. lumi alarm clock which is brilliant if you do mm. struggle in the morning so a lumi or similar one. so as you set the alarm time and then it slowly gets brighter and brighter like the sunrise so you're actually oh, waking up to the light yeah so it's like a light oh, bulb yeah. that slowly comes on and that's it the lumi has been a lifesaver in the winter um and does it have a sound as well or? you can put the sound on as well okay. so you can get funny things like um birds chirping or jungle noises or whatever you want okay. sea noises
0: rather than that rather than like noise. the horrible yeah. yeah
1: like sirens type noise but that lumi is brilliant you can set it in the evening as well for like the sunset so and it really helps it makes you feel sleepy so yeah as the light goes down it's mm. like the sun setting and that has made an unbelievable difference to my sleep so that is one thing okay. I definitely recommend but yeah phone not in the bedroom because if it's there you just get so tempted to scroll it you yeah. see the light come on and then so plug the phone in outside of the bedroom set the alarm and have like a rule no looking yeah like after work for me it's like nine o'clock that's it done and now clients know that if they text after that I won't you won't won't see it it. and I turn this I leave the phone on but turn the sound off off, yeah see it and then um other sleep hacks I love in London especially I think you need um blackout curtains of some kind yeah Um, I really need those It's just, you've got to try and block out any lights, even like little LED lights. You've got to try and block out those. It's amazing
0: how much even that little bit of light will stimulate. Yeah, I've got a USB, one of those plug sockets that has USB things coming out of it. And it's got a blue light to to show that it's on right next to my bed. And only recently have I been reading more about this stuff and listening to it on podcasts and have realized and now and I've started putting a pillow or something yeah, over it honestly yeah. and now if it if I if it falls off in the night or something it wakes me yeah, and I can see it's it it's amazing how distracting yeah, it is you become yeah. so sensitive to yeah, it you, so. that's the only
1: thing you do become really hypersensitive to light but the the, the upside is you sleep you do sleep better like yeah. you really do sleep better
0: but then do you find that it okay to wake i suppose if you've got the alarm clock maybe that's the the, the loomy light alarm
1: clock certainly helps and definitely for sure, I luckily, well luckily for me I am a morning person, however like <laughs> if I wake up to the alarm, which is most days because I'd sleep, I'd always sleep longer than the alarm, and yeah. yes for the first five minutes you do feel like, you know, you've been hit by a truck, but it always goes with when you get in that mindset of I'm just going to get on with my day, like yeah. everyone probably feels when they wake up with an alarm that they they could always sleep more, Yeah, but just get into that mindset of get out of bed get into that morning routine so for me it's first thing is like hot water and lime and a pinch of salt and you just get into that routine and then you've forgotten about it and yeah
0: it's so uh, true yeah. the, the steps from my bedroom to the bathroom are just like the hardest steps yeah, of the yeah, day yeah. <laughs> and then once I brush my teeth I always feel really way more yeah, positive little rituals <laughs> that work for from, you and yeah. I take my
1: hrv in the morning which is heart rate variability and just doing that because you have to have a minute of just focusing on your breath and you take your heart rate it gives you a reading just that minute of like just calm breathing that really helps me as well so it's just a minute of focusing on the breath get my reading for the day and then carry on with the rest of the morning routine
0: that, that really really helps and you said like hot water and lime yeah. is that just something that you like or is there some sort of benefit from that I think obviously
1: when you've been asleep for a long time you are dehydrated yeah. so for me it's getting that warm warm hot water in and um, the the lime and the salt just help to hydrate but also helps me feel like just clean or feels like I can go be empty in the morning yeah but and then it's just that hydration before anything else. But other people like different things, maybe lemon or maybe apple cider vinegar. And
0: oh, yeah. They're all <laughs> not so
2: nice. <laughs> um,
0: okay, so so maybe to summarise, in terms of someone someone trying to improve their sleep, it's the blue lights. Yeah, so blue block the blue lights. Um, have
1: nighttime routines, so yeah. have strict rules when you're going to turn things off. No electronics in the bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to sleep better I would So they say that 17 degrees is the optimum I think temperature to sleep in so obviously in the the summer in London that's been quite hot yeah um so it's better to have the window open and have lots of layers lots of duvet blanket whatever you have rather than have the window shut and it's stuffy yeah Um, so it's the environment the sleep environment so we talked about the blackout curtains if no blackout curtains an eye mask or earplugs if you're somewhere noisy so it's setting up the routine to try and get that optimum sleep and then we talk about starting the day right to help you sleep better in the evening so if you get outside in the morning if you move in the day you need to get that movement so that you do feel sleepy yeah and then it's the rituals before you go to bed so for me it's like writing down the to-do list
2: the night out before your mind so mind I'm sort of not of laid in
1: bed thinking right what program do I have to do yeah. what client do I have to book in so it's trying to make that list before and then it's almost like you've cleared your mind yeah before you get to bed and I like to have the feeling of the bedroom is like that is for sleeping so you don't take electronics in there you when you're in there that's like your space you switch off from yeah.
0: thinking about
1: work or what you've got to do
0: yeah I think a lot of my friends and I have done it once or twice myself, but I never do it anymore. Is to sit in bed on yeah. my laptop during, yeah. not not necessarily in the evening, but in the day doing. That's yeah. where the freelancers do their work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's the best thing about being freelancers. Yeah. I can do my work in my bed. Yeah. Personally, it doesn't work for me at all. I can't do anything productive. I can sit there with it, yeah. but I won't do anything productive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's probably not a very good habit, is it? Yeah, I'd say everything comes down to environment. I mean, why do we now
1: have those like we workplaces where people go to? Because you're in that environment that is conducive to hard work, and like everyone else is working only. So environment is key. So not only for the sleep, for everything. So I do like to have specific. This is this is your area to sleep. Yeah, make it like set up to sleep really yeah. really well because then it affects like we said it affects everything else because we are creatures of habit aren't we yeah,
0: so yeah totally, totally and there is there is one that i tend to advise clients about but i'm not sure if it's something that you think is very important or not which is to finish eating early do you think that's quite important as well too again
1: um i would say it depends on the person depends on um what you've eaten so I wouldn't eat a particularly heavy meal and then go straight to bed. I yeah. would ideally like to have two hours after that.
2: Okay.
1: Um, it depends. Um, so say like the person was particularly trying to put on weight, like good weight, muscle weight, then they would probably need to have their last meal quite close to bed. Yeah. If they were an athlete that was training really, really early in the next morning, then maybe they would need their last meal a bit later to fuel off for the morning. So it always is an individual thing. But yes, generally you don't want to go to bed on a full, full stomach. stomach it's just you're not going to sleep as well
0: yeah okay so i think we've covered sleep pretty yeah, pretty yeah, well we've yeah. gone into sleep a lot so maybe i know that you that breathing is another topic that you yeah. know a lot about and i don't really know anything about okay. it so maybe we can start from scratch on that and in and then we can go into how we can use it okay and yeah. application stuff as well yeah Okay, so,
1: yeah, breathing is a huge topic, so it's <laughs> kind of like where to start, but I'll start kind of like everything else in that it came from from an experience of mine, like why I've started focusing on the breath. Okay. So, and again, what I've noticed with clients. So why I've become so interested in focusing on the breath is because when um, I was getting to the end stages of competing in the triathlon, I started to notice that my performance was starting to suffer and I started to notice that I just didn't feel like I could use my lungs to their full potential or um, I noticed that my rib cage was really flared and essentially what had happened I was in a constant state of fight or flight which is a sympathetic nervous state so Uh, parasympathetic is your rest and digest sympathetic Mm -hmm. is fight or flight so if you're training a lot if you're living a high stress lifestyle you're constantly in that like state of ready to go ready to you know run from a tiger yeah um and then when we're resting we want to be in that parasympathetic state so that's your rest and digest so that's when you can relax so what I'd noticed was I was basically living life 100 miles an hour. So I was training a lot. I was competing a lot. All of this stuff was high stress. Yeah. Now, stress is good, but in, like, minimal doses. So training stress is good. Like, a bit of life stress is good. It makes us more resilient. Okay. But constant stress and staying in that stress is yeah. not good. And where that relates to the breathing is, like, it's like you're constantly mouth breathing and like you're ready to go so what we should do how we should be breathing is through the nose okay so that makes us more relaxed okay that activates the diaphragm your nose is directly connected to the diaphragm which is a muscle in itself so for myself i'd noticed that like i just didn't feel like i was breathing properly or my muscles were tense and tight And I realised that I needed to do something about this. So I'd noticed, like I say, it was like extremely stiff all around the neck and the shoulders. My ribs were flared and my digestion was affected. Everything was affected. And I kind of made the link that I was just in that high stress. So I started to, I did my like Pilates teacher training. I did my yoga teacher training. And all of those started to talk about the breath a lot and like focus on the breath and how the breath links with movement. And I started to have that realization was what I was doing was like basically being like a hundred miles an hour all the time, yeah. not relaxing. Um, so as I started to explore this, I realized, and then I saw a lot of the same patterns with my, um, athlete type clients, so the, the runners and the triathletes as well. And, um, so, um, I started to explore that a little bit more and then basically we need to be, um, focusing on spending more time in that parasympathetic state and breathing through the nose. So I started to bring in training sessions where, um, so lower intensity training sessions, so my easier runs where I was just breathing through the nose, I started to really notice how when I was walking around that I was breathing through my mouth when I shouldn't have been. And I made that association that I was if I could relax the breath a little bit more and actually take time and notice on it and slow it down, that then I would actually feel calmer. So I would feel less stress. Yeah. Um, I started to notice that um, I was suffered really, really bad with IBS and bloating. Oh, and yeah. I noticed again that it wasn't the food that I was eating. It was the state I was in when I was eating it. So again, I was in that like, fight or flight 100 miles an hour so I started to practice actually slowing down focusing on the breath before I was eating and then I put myself in that parasympathetic state and then the food that I then ate actually
0: could be digested yeah um this all sounds very um familiar in terms of not in a good way in terms of the thing you're saying you used to feel yeah I think I probably am guilty of a lot and because I noticed that you'd started to talk about breathing yeah. and, I, and I saw obviously on social media as well that you were mentioning the art of breathing through the nose and that should be something that we are always doing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But I tried to do it and realised it felt completely unnatural yeah. to me and I think I'm pretty much always just breathing through the mouth. Yeah. yeah. And so if I was able to go that long doing that without being fully really yeah. aware of it, especially considering our profession where we do put a bit of a focus on breathing even in the you know, even in the slightest bit, then a lot of people probably are breathing like that. It's very, very, very common. And it's not,
1: obviously, if you're doing anaerobic exercise, you have to breathe through your mouth. Yeah. But then if you're not bringing yourself back down out of that state, so now I like to get a lot of my clients to finish the session by focusing on laying down and bringing that back. If you're doing a job that you're talking a lot, you're taking the air in through your mouth a lot, so you are naturally not nose breathing but then what tends to happen is we carry that habit on so maybe you sleep with your mouth open not intentionally but
2: you you do and then
1: you're not breathing through your nose mouth maybe you're walking around which like I was and like in that kind of like everyone's getting in the way it's so busy (laughs) and then now walking around like consciously focusing on tongue at the roof of the mouth breathing through the nose it's so much more calming so even if you're in a stressful environment like I find Londoners at rush hour, you can find your state of calm just by focusing on the nose breath. So it's not about not breathing through the mouth, it's at the right time. So if you're doing high intensity exercise, which the obviously the running, the triathlon, it is like at the high end, you cannot breathe through your nose completely. You can train yourself to breathe through the nose for longer and longer periods at higher and higher intensities. And that's what I've been doing recently. Yeah. But um, it's more just that awareness. Everything comes back to that awareness. I think we've got stuck in that thing of walking around and not really feeling and not yeah. really being. It's just like it's not need very to mindful. get back in our bodies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To be mindful of it, but and, it's such a big topic. It's like a yeah, topic. probably much. Breath maybe. is it's <laughs> like sleep. Breath is everything, and it seems so. It is related to the digestion, be able to just digest the food better. It is related to fat loss, but it's it's. So far, it's so hard to see that because it's not obvious. That yeah it's,
0: it's a not a complex, complex topic that yeah. you kind of see happening, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's like, yeah. Um, but what I like is because I, the whole time you were saying this, I was thinking, oh my God, I really need to work on this, but how do I even do that? And then you said put the tongue to the roof of the mouth. Hmm. And I tried that while yeah, you were yeah, talking, yeah. <laughs> and that makes a lot of sense. Hmm. So for anyone listening, I think that's an easy takeaway because. Yeah. I think because breathing is something so subconscious. Well, it should be sub- subconscious yeah. isn't it? It's like <laughs> it you should have be. to think about but it. But then I if you tell me to I was doing a yoga class yesterday, yeah, yeah. I've only done two in my life and they were both in like the last two years. And I'm not I'm not really a very breath is yoga-ish. the hardest yeah. thing. <laughs>
2: it. Yeah,
1: it's the most important thing. But most people focus on the asanas or the, the yeah. poses,
0: but it's so that's the what breath saying. is the first bit. And, and I couldn't, I just couldn't get it. Yeah. I, I, couldn't. I was doing the moves, but the, when they were saying to breathe in here and breathe out, that I couldn't. I just couldn't Continue get
2: It'll it eventually, yeah.
0: you'll get it. You'll feel <laughs> like a steam train at the first, and you're like, you can't keep up with the breath, yeah. and the breath it's, and the movement
1: don't work because I find it hard honestly. to do it consciously.
0: I yeah, think, because we're so used to just yeah thinking about thinking. it. Yeah. So maybe is that something, Because I'm gonna next ask you. How the average person can start to integrate in. that because yeah. I know you do it on the high end with your yeah. training, but that yeah. probably isn't relevant to the average person. But is there something that maybe a change? Totally. A so the first one is like what you said. So just literally
1: when you're walking around, you know, walk to work, tongue to the roof of your mouth, and relax jaw and just concentrate on breathing through your nose and notice are you actually breathing through your nose when you're walking around, um, <laughs> or yeah, does the mouth fall open? I think yeah um, I like to if you are someone who trains, I do like to either start or finish with two to five minutes with breath work, so the best way is laid on your back with maybe legs on a football or legs up the wall and just focus on how slow can you get that breath so I like to start with a like a four second inhale, four second exhale, and then see if you can get that up to six and six. And the exhale is actually more important because if you can't get that stale air out, then you can't get fresh, clean air in. Yeah. So most people can inhale fine, but it's can you get that exhale out? And you want to think about the inhale coming in and really filling up the back and the sides of the ribcage, literally filling it all the way around, like you're yeah. you're expanding the ribcage like an accordion, and then can you get all of that air out the people who I see who are the best with their breath have bringing this to aesthetics they have the best abdominal wall or the oh, six-pack really? if you like so the people oh. who can control the breath yeah because it you can really engage all of this when you get that breath working yeah. right so yeah so beginning and then beginning or end of the session just focus on so you can nose breathe lay down I find best and just focus on making those inhales and exhales long and smooth um, morning routines i do like to do that as well so literally even just something simple as five really long breaths again the same there's so many and if you have done yoga you'll be aware of lots of different uh, breath techniques that you can use in there so um you can use those kind of things or literally just simple focusing on the inhale count it focus on the exhale because then it brings your mind into the moment as well okay um so I like that and then um other times you can use it are before meals I just think it's really important to bring yourself into that parasympathetic state again so it's just uh, focus on the breath again just count like five breaths bring yourself and so
0: is that because if you're in a relaxed if you're in a stress state, when you're eating, you're not going to be able to digest. Exactly it. that, and yeah. The so, breathing calms you down. Yeah. If we're okay. in a fight or flight state, if you're not in a relaxed state, the blood
1: is in your muscles. It's not in your digestive system. Uh, when you're uh, in that parasympathetic state, your body can digest the food. And it's something okay. so simple but that makes such a big difference. So most people eat maybe at the desk, oh, not consciously simply, eat yeah. while they're... Uh, watching something on the TV yeah. or eat while they're scrolling on their phone. You really, it's it makes such a big difference. And I know from working with different clients that digestive issues are huge, especially in women. Women, yeah. unfortunately, suffer more than men. Um, and just focusing on the breath and relaxing mm-hmm. before you do that. So you've got different times then. And just generally becoming more mindful for me yeah. um my meditation is more like breath work whereas for some people they might be able to sit in silence but yeah. i find focusing on the breath has been brilliant maybe before bed like laid in bed if you struggle to sleep just box breathing Excellent. is quite nice so box breathing is you'd inhale for say 4 seconds yeah hold the inhale in for 4 seconds okay exhale for 4 seconds and then hold the exhale out for 4 seconds so you're retaining the exhale and then retaining the inhale, yeah, or holding the. And is that something up.
0: specifically before bed, or
1: just so? It'd be, yeah, it's quite yeah. good before bed because it's really relaxing, yeah, okay, and just slows everything down. But again, it's finding these little things that work for you. Yeah. So it's noticing habits and patterns. So for me, I tended to finish a workout, rush off straight away, go, yeah. and I'm not, you know, bringing One yourself window. back down. So it's the it's the after that's as you you're going to get better results from your training from what you do afterwards as well as what you're doing in the session yeah so it's like the whole thing with nutrition as well so it's making sure you bring yourself back to that parasympathetic state after you've trained so training is sympathetic yeah so you want to bring yourself back to that parasympathetic state and relax down so it's how quickly can you recover because then basically you're good to go again yeah um and then, yeah, so I find adding general day-to-day walking around with the breath work, but then add it in where where it's going to help you most.
0: So this is just about spending some time being more conscious of it. Yeah, and then where the rest of the time it will then become subconscious. Yeah. So um, so should we actually be breathing nasally yeah. all the time? most of the time. Most of the time, apart from, yeah. like you said, Yeah, so exercise. obviously when you're
1: talking, like, it's not, but yeah. most of the time we should have our mouths closed tongue on the roof of the mouth that's what shapes the the whole jaw and I've Mm -hmm. noticed actually since focusing on it my face shape has changed completely really Mm. how because I was constantly mouth breathing all the time but now these muscles have come up and it's almost filled up through here so I'm actually using these muscles through here so rather than a like a narrow sunken in face, it almost fills you so up. So it sort there. of plumps
0: up the face. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Tell that to the people who want to have a yeah. facelift. Yeah. Um so all of this stuff that we've spoke about so far, I guess it's all a lot of it comes down to being taking time a bit more and yeah. Yeah. and giving time to certain things and doing things a bit slower and not mm. rushing through everything. So do you see a conflict then? Because I know a lot of people will, I'll hear it from clients and I'll try and show other ways of looking at it, but Mm. do you feel that there is a conflict between striving for optimum health and then striving for, you know, big career goals and that kind of thing? I think people perceive that
1: there is a conflict, but I think when you focus on your health, the success will follow. Yeah unfortunately often and this is it's kind of what makes us grow anyway unfortunately we usually have to have something go wrong if you like for us to realize this yeah um which isn't necessarily a bad thing because you learn the most from like all the mistakes the you make situations. or the difficult situations yeah. exactly so no but I do believe like if you focus on your health the success will follow and that's it's kind of everything from when you're strong and healthy you feel so good that you almost project that kind of aura of success it's the way you walk the way you carry yourself the when you feel good you just feel that you feel more confident to walk in a room so and you feel like you've given yourself something by focusing on yourself um and you can't give to other people until you can you know feel good about yourself yeah Like so but it's it's hard for people to see that yeah you have to almost go the other the way around yeah and then
0: then you kind of realize it yeah unfortunately uh, sometimes you have to go into being maybe in bad health yeah to realize the yeah. benefits of yeah. being in good health exactly and I think for most people
1: that's the process I see and it was certainly this the same for me I it was like not the picture of health I wanted to be um, and that was a realization to change things but also it's you know giving me the journey I've been on and I've learned so much from those mistakes I've made so yeah. I think if it's kind of a you, positive thing
0: yeah so. you, there's that thing that parents always say isn't there that you have to learn from your own mistakes yeah yeah someone else can tell you but yeah. until you experience it yourself it's completely, not going to really
1: change and they become I think a better person from from those experiences I yeah
0: think. but I think it's just a case of because I 100% agree that health is the first step and that Success will always follow yeah. if you get that bit right. But I think quite often people just don't prioritise it. They don't think of their health and fitness as something that is important. Um, I don't see the correlation. Yeah. No. And I try to. I use the analogy of like a road trip because to me it's something that's very obvious. But I know that it just it's just the way I see yeah. it that makes it clear to me, and, that, and other people won't see yeah. it all that way. Yeah. Um, in terms of you wouldn't go on a road trip without a car that had been MOT'd yeah. and yeah. filled up with petrol yeah. and tyres yeah, like and all that, that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's to me that's what it is okay there's the mental benefits and yeah. you talk about like how people perceive you and yeah. things like that when you have good health and there's posture and things like that but if your vehicle is not kind of prepped for a long yeah. journey then you you're not going to get there so that's that's the way I see it but um one
1: little thing it's trying to
0: get it's different for every client but I think
1: just if you can give them one little snippet and then they see the the change and then it's like that's the kind of catalyst to so set yeah and And it might be different with different people so they have to feel it yeah it's like the walking to work thing you now like at first you'd be like probably didn't think much of that but then you start to think, oh, yeah, and then that one thing, and then if it's a client, they then get a bit more trust in you, and yeah. then they, they feel good. So it's, yeah, the little the yeah. little steps, the layering on. That and just, makes a lot of sense. And Then it builds to thinking, oh, actually, my health, health will feel good. And see good. it for themselves. Yeah, yeah. You've got, you've got to see it for yourself, haven't you, otherwise you don't do it. It's like parents yeah. telling you stuff. Yeah. Whatever. And um, but then when you've done it for yourself, like then actually, you right. yeah, when yeah. you're
0: usually ten years yeah, older. 10 years, like, yeah. Why don't you
1: tell me that? Time? <laughs> oh I did.
0: Um so then I kind of I guess we've sort of touched on this in terms of talking about posture and stuff, but mm-hmm. in today's culture, some of the things threatening our well being in general would be that desk culture
2: mm-hmm.
0: um in terms of its impact on things I know you're interested in, which is mobility, posture. Um, and activity level, um, but then there's also the concept of being to- like constantly stimulated yeah. by devices and yeah. by technology, yeah. um, which mean that we don't have that 9-to-5 that I mentioned. Yeah. It's not really a 9-to-5, it's kind of yeah. all day we're on. Yeah. Um, so do you have any thoughts on how we can alleviate those, t- those type of issues? I think
1: the first thing is you have to realise that it has become an issue. Um, yeah. So a lot of people don't realise that. And from what I've noticed, it tends to be a substitute for something else. So maybe not truly doing what they want to do, not follow again, stuff you've probably seen me talk about, not following your passion or what your purpose is, or you're not truly, truly happy. And I find that people are attached to other people's lives on the screen in yeah. terms of what, what so you've just mean. gone off on a tangent. But no, no, that's said, good. But, um, <laughs> like, we're attached to like other people's lives on that. So I think it's first yeah. the realization that has it become a problem. Mm-hmm. And then wanting to change and and like truly looking at yourself and are you happy in what you're doing? Um, because And then like the other stuff, it just kind of spirals from there into just wanting to better yourself and wanting to, to do more. Um, in terms yeah. of the, the death culture It's kind of funny how that's changed from, you know, going on about the being sat at a desk all day and now it's like we're standing but it's neither or it's more about just moving more in general. It's not, sitting is not bad, standing is not bad. It's just lack of stimulus in all types of way. We need to move in as many different ways as possible. And
0: I remember you saying that when we were away and that um, stayed with me because, yeah, we tend to say, oh, don't sit down too long but if I s- get myself I don't know what word to use now if I get into any type of position for too long yeah no, I recognize that that's yeah. not good whether yeah. that be yeah standing, like standing up standing or, it or lying is. Yeah. or anything yeah. like that so if someone's at work at the desk then maybe they can just try to move around yeah it's, it's just that, the usual way. things it's yeah. like every 60 minutes get up and do
1: something try and Sit in as many different positions as you can. Maybe stand for some of the day. It's like move, just move. Like, yeah. don't overthink it. Just move. Get out, walk. walk more.
2: Natural, yeah, well. yeah,
0: yeah. So, what are your hopes for your, for the your future with your business?
1: I Guess it's just to try and help as many people as I possibly can, and because um, I see my, I guess my biggest frustration is seeing potential in people but they don't yet see it and I almost get frustrated for them. that I want to help them so much and I see like how far they could get and what they can achieve, Yeah. but until they realise it, they're not going to get there. So yeah. when you're only working one-to-one with people or classes or it's only an hour a week or it's a few hours a week, you only have that tiny bit of influence over their whole week. So obviously, as you know, we started the weekend retreats, the week-long retreats in Ibiza and that has been a really good success in the way that how much we've seen we can influence people because we're with them for that whole time and then they see how what goes on with other people because the other like-minded people on the retreat they see how it's not just them going through those problems they see that everyone goes through those problems and they're kind of in that environment which is really conducive to to change so they can see the habits that they need to change when they get back home so they can implement them. So, um, to, for the for your question, I guess I just want to help. I just want to help more people. So I want the retreats to grow yeah. more to be able to help more people. Yeah. Um, because that's, that's what I really, really enjoy doing. Yeah. Um, I do prefer being in person with people. I guess I could grow the business otherwise, but at the moment that is, that is my passion. I just want to, spend more time with more people to when they're they're ready to change but they don't quite know what direction to take so it's like we help them with their nutrition we help them with lifestyle, stuff help them with their training um because obviously you know it's all it's all interconnected in some way um but for us having the reason we love doing the retreats as well is that community thing as well because you've got everyone together and you're in it together you're supporting each other and you don't feel like you're going through it alone yeah and one of the biggest things is seeing the friendships when people get back home that's that's like absolutely brilliant and how we love it how those people are now then training together and they're helping each other so it makes it part of
0: their lifestyle yeah yeah so
1: it's almost like you're spreading through different people's networks because they then like help their friends from what they've learned from us and that that's how I want the business to grow. Really, is just yeah. help more people through having influence on some people that they can then help other people through what they've learned.
0: Yeah, and I guess the retreats enable that because when we when you're with a client one-on-one, you yeah. influence that one person who can yeah. maybe influence one other. But when you've got that yeah. 15 people around yeah. you, and you can influence each of those who might go on and influence another, yeah, and then they speak to or, other people. Yeah, and yeah, it's just like that. hour it's sometimes so
1: frustrating because some people train an hour a week some people four some people once every six months yeah and it's just not long enough to get that grip on that person because yeah. you don't see what they do outside of the gym and they can tell you or well, you don't <laughs> see what they're quite eating but yeah it's just being able to get them for that length of time whether it be the weekend one that we did or the week long. is just like it's brilliant because then you can start to make real change
0: yeah in people and for people who don't know what the life project is So it's a retreat that started in Ibiza.
1: Yeah. So um,
0: there. So the main the main one that we do
1: is a week long retreat or holiday in Ibiza, Um, and it's a mix. Each day is a mix of different training stimulus. It's really really high quality food, obviously cooked by (laughs) the lovely Ben who um, and my partner Gus, he's a nutritional therapist, so we have that aspect of like the food is right for each individual person, yeah, um because it's really important to find out what works for your body, and yeah. like people like to maybe think that a certain diet is right for them, but it might not be, so we help people discover what is right for them, so we look at that side of things, yeah, and then we have some evening seminars where we talk about popular topics, so often the fat loss, the sleep, what training should they be doing, what's right for them, and just answering a lot of questions that people get stuck on or popular myths that people hear that they're not really sure what's right, so we help uncover that. And then we do a lot of activities as well, so things like the stand-up paddleboarding, some fun fun stuff (laughs) like the capoeira. Um, We go on long hikes, uh, we go to the beach, and it's just we know ibiza quite well which is why we do the retreats there and we just feel it's a really really good environment um for change because a lot of it is the environment you've got to take people out of what they're used to so they can see it like until you get people out of like london life or the normal routine they don't they don't see it and Yeah. yeah another reason ibiza it's easy to get to Um, we've got an amazing villa that we use there which is it's got everything there that we need so we've got that amazing yoga shala and all the outdoor training area yeah Um, yeah it's just a really really good space huge space it's got everything you need there so yeah that's somewhere we found in the future we want to expand to other places and like I say we did Um, the weekend one recently which went really well so we're going to do some weekend ones for people who might not be able to do a full, full week. week, and then we've also started doing day day events as well. So they're more like a social thing, but with the opportunity to um, for us to answer a lot of people's nutrition and training questions. So there'll yeah. be a theme of each event, but we'll go deeper into like the popular topics of the time. But it's yeah. also that opportunity for people who've been on the retreats to. Um, catch up with people who are on the retreats before but also for people who are thinking about it so they can come and meet people and, and just this. see what we're all about yeah, yeah. And just just getting because we find that London is huge but such a lonely place really yeah we've become everything's become online and we chat online but we don't actually go in person anymore so yeah you know, we want to combine the social and the education basically
0: yeah. And are there still any spaces on your? Because I know you go in October. Yeah, so we've got case. the next
1: retreat is in October, and that's the 20th to the 27th of October, and we have a few spaces left on that one. Okay. And then uh, the next one will be in May. After that, so we tend to do spring and autumn ones.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then I'm sure I'll get from you before we wrap it up in a bit, in a minute. I'll ask you for the website and everything so I can check thank it out. You. But yeah. before we go to there Um, I'm going to ask you a bit of a broad question about your career as a whole and it can be it might not be to do with fitness it could be to to do with anything but it's about what what is the biggest lesson you think you've learned about your career in terms of yeah that could be anything that you I know it's quite broad yeah anything
1: that you. okay so two things I guess that spring to mind is first to keep challenging yourself and keep putting yourself out of your comfort zone because it's the hardest thing to do but yeah. the most rewarding and it's probably Definitely. a cliche or whatever but um the the hardest things I've done and that's both physical in terms of some certain events and races and um more like mental tough things for me being quite a shy person yeah. have given me the most back so that's the Definitely. first thing you've just got to keep putting yourself out of your pumps and do the things you don't want to do
2: yeah.
1: set your sign yourself up for challenges that seem like no way could I do that and then realize that you can do it enjoy the journey
2: yeah
1: and then that probably the second thing is something something I've always uh, thought important and always done is always have a coach or a mentor in whatever area so I've had everything from like training coaches to mind coaches when I was competing to always have somebody that you can learn from And and that can change like I've changed coaches over the years yeah but always kind of seek to grow seek to like yeah better yourself and learn more and I think you learn more when you're working with someone who's who's kind of been through it yeah Um, because I've done so many courses so many courses and I've got something from all of them but what I've learned most from is life experiences so the challenges and other people so Yeah. yeah when you find someone that you really kind of Click with definitely worth investing in that person as a mentor, yeah. as a coach for a certain period because you get you get so much from that.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good one, and no one said that one actually yet. Okay. So, um but I did have. I think it's something that you get a lot in the fitness industry. I'm sure you probably have had it as well, uh-huh. where even before it was a PT, people would say, "Oh, why are you why are you having a PT? Yeah, why? Yeah, because you know about fitness." Yeah. And I think that's such a limiting viewpoint. Yeah. We should be really careful not to fall down that trap because yeah. if you think you can't learn something from, I mean, you know, yeah, I can yeah, yeah. but I can learn so yeah. much from you and from Gus and from everyone else it's that if you think you can't learn more, then yeah. you have to yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Like, you're missing exactly. out on a lot.
0: Exactly. Um, so
1: I think that's The really worst good. thing is the more you know, the more you realise you don't know. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God. I wish that sometimes sometimes go back to back. year one when you know <laughs> you nothing listen. and you're like, this is amazing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, that's it's true. It's scary to sure. accept
0: yeah. when you, when you yeah. go through that, which for me was not that long ago, probably a year or two ago, and you realise, oh, I actually really don't know yeah. anywhere near what I thought I knew. Yeah. And that is a hard thing, but, but like good. You say, it's
1: hard, but it's good. It yeah. is what keeps you on your toes, and it it's what keeps, keeps you like pushing grow. for more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Well, that does lead on to the next question, which I we won't... maybe oh, have no. kind of covered by yeah. accident, because I was going to ask you what you perceive as the growth factor, and the growth factor is like the branded term for the podcast okay. um, of what makes the difference um, in terms of somebody getting to where they want to be or making it yeah. and be, becoming a success. So I don't know whether we kind of
1: have covered it. I guess yeah. So constantly challenging yourself, constantly questioning, always questioning, and just having that like growth mindset, like a really open mind, and like listen to everything and like analyze it yourself and think. You know, just have make don't be afraid to make an opinion of something yourself. Um, Yeah, Yeah. I think
0: I like that. I like you said. use the term growth mindset I like that a lot because that is what I'm trying to sort of say with the podcast which I think I didn't actually have put in words until you said that yeah the growth
1: growth factor yeah yeah growth mindset
0: is sums up everything really doesn't it so yeah that's that's great I think we've done like a full hour (laughs) um but it was really good hopefully you guys have gained a lot from that as well um do you want to just tell people where they can either find you or the okay. life project and okay the things that you've been getting up to before we wrap up um not
1: extremely active on social media because <laughs> i'm a bit late to the party on that but my instagram is felicity cole pt i'll put it in the show notes yeah, for spelling, and, don't worry. yeah. <laughs> and then um our retreats website is the life project uk. again i'll give you i'll give you that
0: and the and same like, on Instagram, isn't it? The life and then the
1: same on, uh, it's Life Project Retreats on Instagram. Ah, okay. And then my Twitter is just Felicity Cole.
0: I, I will put all of these in the show notes. Um, yeah, so people can find you. i link thank leave.
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> I probably said them wrong anyway.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you very much for well, thank you. spending all this thank time with me and, me and having this chat. Um, and yeah, I will put all your links in so you can find Felicity and keep up with what you're doing. Thank you. And with the Life Project as well. Thank you so much. You're welcome.